This episode of the Expat Cast is brought to you by My Expat Taxes. They are a female-founded company, and they were named the leading, most affordable U.S. tax software for expats by Yahoo Finance. They're also top-rated and top-recommended by me and probably some other folks you know because it's just so simple. I used them last year and signed right on up for another year this year. The My Expat Taxes software walked me through it so quickly, I was done in like 20 minutes, and I honestly couldn't believe the thing I'd been dreading was that easy, or it could be with the right software. U.S. Americans living abroad do have to file their taxes, but they often don't actually owe anything. So if you're in that category, like most of us are, you have until June 15th. Head on over to myexpattaxes.com and use the code EXPATCAST, all caps, to get 10% off. Plus, when you sign up, you automatically get 25 euros off of your next year's filing. Doing all this will help make sure that you can actually receive the stimulus checks that the U.S. government has given out due to corona. This is a great way to make sure you get that money in your account. Happy tax filing! Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. Couple announcements before we dive into the episode. If you listened to last week's episode, you may remember that I am collecting your stories of times that people of authority in Germany have led you to tears. <laughs> if that sounds like a weird phrase, you probably haven't listened to my last week's episode, so go ahead and do that. But season finale is coming up the end of June, and I want to take the time to hear from some of you guys to put together a montage of these kind of uncomfortable and sad moments where you feel really disempowered in your new country. I will say, if you're not in the German-speaking world, I'd be open to hearing your stories too. If you have a good story to contribute, then go on over to theexpatcast.com and look at the bottom right. You're going to find a microphone symbol you can click on, and then you can send a voice note directly through your computer. That's probably the easiest and most direct way. But you could also record a voice note on the app that's on your phone and then email it to me at theexpatcast at gmail.com. And you've got until June 19th to do so. I would love to hear your name, where you're living, and what your story is, and what you've done to handle it. What coping mechanisms do you have, or are you like our last week's guest, Martina, and it inspired you to actually start working actively on making a better system? I would love to hear all of that. Really, anywhere between one and five minutes is great, and I'm pretty excited to hear your stories, so a reminder to get those in to me. The other reminder is that I'm doing an event in collaboration with Horbach Expats on July 1st. It's going to be all about financial planning, but we want it to tailor it exactly around the needs of U.S. Americans living in Germany. So if you are one such person, then please go ahead and email me or reach out on social media. Tell me what topics you're interested in hearing about. Now to today's episode, we're going to talk about Corona. I honestly, yeah, you'll hear me explain this in the episode, but I, I hesitated to take on any COVID-related topics because honestly, when we were in the thick of the lockdown, it felt like too much to talk about it on the show as well. I think we all needed some spaces that were pandemic-free or at least minimal pandemic talk. But now that we're starting to come out of it, we all have a bit more capacity to take on the topic because I've realized through some recent life experiences, this is going to be hard too. Coming out of COVID is not going to be as easy and as quick as we maybe would want or wish for ourselves. So we got to talk about it. We got to get ready for it. That's what this episode is. I'm so excited to have a repeat guest on. Gabriella was on the show a couple years ago now to talk about expat loneliness. 
It was a wonderful episode, and if you haven't already heard it, I definitely recommend giving it a listen. So with that said, let's go ahead and enjoy. I'm Gabriela Encina, and I'm originally from Chile, Austrian citizen, and I'm currently living in Valencia, Spain, for almost three years now. I'm originally, and first and foremost, a psychologist. And when we met in 2019, I was going through, like a, I would say, like an identity work crisis. But now I'm fully happy and I'm embracing my identity as a licensed psychologist. So I currently uh, offer online counseling for expat women. And thank goodness for that, because we all we all need it these days. <laughs> yes, and, and 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 this is I think it was the right timing. If you if you can say it like that, I realize how much is needed, especially now, while and after COVID struggles. And I'm I'm so happy to have you on the show. I I think I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll share with the listeners this when we were arranging the episode. I had a moment of hesitation to take on some of these topics because mm-hmm. we are going to talk about COVID. And I think for so long, we've all been so tired of having to talk about it that I kind of wanted to to not ignore it, but not make that the center of the podcast and, and make this a space where we can talk about the rest of life that's happening. But mm-hmm. I changed my mind because May 2021 is a wild time. And where I live in Germany, things are just now starting to open back up after seven months of a very hard lockdown. And we're not alone in that. I know a lot of other countries are also making steps to open up. It's just this moment where things are changing a lot really quickly and in ways that I think we maybe ought to talk about, even if, yeah, we're all still kind of tired of talking about COVID. You know, what? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we have to do it. So yes. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing that immediately jumped to my mind with this is the special form of burnout, which which has come with months of mm-hmm. lockdown, if not over a year of lockdown, depending on where you are and, and how you've been reacting to the situation. Is that something that you've noticed with your clients? Oh, absolutely. And this burnout that you are talking about, it has a name, like every everything, we, we always put a name to everything. And this, <laughs> this is called COVID fatigue. And it's, of course, related to COVID specifically. And it is a form of burnout that we all are experiencing more or less uh, with symptoms, but we are all recovering from collective grief and collective stress. And now we are facing the consequences of that. And this is called COVID fatigue. What is this COVID fatigue? It's uh, actually, quote unquote, pretty simple. It is that we are experiencing tiredness, fatigue. We are experiencing boredom, loneliness, sadness, frustration, anxiety, even resentment or fear, anger, all those things because of the consequences of this, uh, I don't know, 18 months, 16 months of pandemic. Now that things are starting to open up and we're starting to have more experiences that are quote unquote normal (laughs) or normal adjacent, (laughs) I'm calling them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm realizing the truth of it even more because you can tell me if this is like psychologically backed or not, but I I have the feeling Mm -hmm. that's a lot of us told ourselves we're doing okay, we're doing fine, we're making yes. the most out of a bad situation. And, and you know, maybe that was true, but it's it's like a bit of 
Stockholm syndrome or something where it was like, I'm doing <laughs> not great, mm-hmm. but good. And it's only now that I'm starting to step outside of the three people I've been seeing and the four activities I've been doing that I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I was not good. I was struggling. And only in that contrast can I really see that so clearly. And I think I wonder if that's part of it too. Absolutely. And this what, what you are addressing is something that we can expand later, but this... Uh, I'm okay. Everything is fine. At least I'm healthy. At least I'm, I'm not, uh, I didn't lose anyone. At least this, at least, at least, at least is a form of toxic positivity. And this is also something that we dealt uh, throughout the pandemic because you, uh, you are uh, um, in lockdown. So you have to seize the time. You have to learn something new. You have to exercise, eat healthy or make one, two, three, four, five courses, etc., etc. You have to seize this time. And if you are not doing that, you are, this was a, a, like a loose time. And this pressure of feeling good because you are not, nothing catastrophical is happening in your life, that is at, led a lot of us to feel that everything was fine because I'm lucky enough to be healthy or my family is healthy, like, like, like I said before, you know? So now that we are, we are past this disaster stress, you know, and now we are rebuilding our lives little by little, we are realizing that we buried some of our feelings, like, like I mentioned before, frustration, anger, isolation, because we were forced by ourselves or by society or by, by our uh, loved ones to make the best of it. And that was an extra stress to all the stress that we were already experiencing. It is something that I see in my clients, like the the guilt of feeling bad, although nothing happened to me or my loved ones. Oh, man, it's all so much to to look at because I think about it too. And I'm like, well, it, it's also a survival mechanism. You know, it's like if if we all really gave in to those negative feelings, what are the consequences of that? Because there's probably consequences of that too. So, Yeah, but I want to say something. It's not giving in. That's the line or that's the confusion regarding toxic positivity. It's not giving in to those feelings. It's actually see them, accepting them, knowing that it is okay to feel that way because it is normal. Everybody's dealing with different things. And then after that, focus on the positive or try to do things to get out of that loop, you know, but actually only ignoring that and forcing yourself to feel good. Even if you don't feel good, that's the counterproductive thing. And that's the damaging thing on the long run. And those are the consequences that we are experiencing right now. And another another term I want to throw into this part of the conversation is languishing. There was a great article that went around um, that was on the New York Times a couple weeks ago from an organizational psychologist that I really like called Adam Grant. And I think it fits really well into in this whole topic of, of COVID fatigue. So we'll link to the article in the show notes. But for now, do you want to share with us? Um, I, I think if I try to define it, I'm going to stumble my way through and butcher it. But um, <laughs> as someone who is a professional <laughs> in this field, um, what can you tell us about languishing? I, I, I love the concept and I think it's it, it's really related to COVID fatigue. It's this limbo <laughs> in between feeling 
okay and feeling uh, happy and uh, with your well-being uh, intact or or like they, they mentioned in the article like flourishing like really have a, a a strong sense of self and meaning mastery and mattering ma mattering to others that's one uh, side of the spectrum and the other side is depression and the that's the absence of well-being and languishing is in between So it's not you are not feeling good and flourishing, but you are also not in the extreme of depression or mental illness. So this this limbo is you don't have uh, motivation. You're tired, tired physically, uh, tired mentally. You can find motivation. Everything is okay, but it's not joyful. This is also a consequence of being constantly for i don't know like i said i don't know 16 or 18 months of being in constant alert being bombarded with news maybe fake news maybe real news and uncertainty everything is changing you have uh, one measure and then two weeks later there's another one plans being cancelled so this all this constant stress leads to languishing to tired Uh, it is good to name it because it is important to see that it doesn't mean depression, it doesn't mean burnout, but it means that there are things that maybe are good to look into and, and, and put attention on what's going on in your body and in your mind. If you are, I don't know, having problems concentrating or you experience anxiety, not in a panic attack way, but still something that it, that it makes your mind wander and you feel stressed or overwhelmed. That's a word that I hear constantly from my clients right now. Yeah. I feel overwhelmed. Everything I do, it takes me ages. Things that before uh, brought me joy or I enjoyed them, That doesn't happen that often anymore. And little things like go going to a cafe or meeting a friend that I haven't seen for a while, it they seem like the Mount Everest. Yeah, it makes me also think of this aspect of our capacity. I know so many people, myself included, feel like we used to be able to do so much with our day and with our lives, mm -hmm. and now mm -hmm. that capacity is just much smaller. <laughs> and it's hard to come to terms with that in many ways because maybe being an active person was part of your identity in, in many ways, and now you're like, what am I now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, this lack of energy has a lot of factors, and, and also we have to bear in mind that we haven't been outside that much. Things that we take for granted, for example, vitamin D, We are lacking uh, of vitamin D. Even I, I live in a sunny and a very sunny city and still, not me, but people that I know living here, they are lacking of vitamin D hmm. because they, they couldn't or they, they didn't want to go outside. So that, that has also consequences, not only, but also. And speaking of where you live, this is the expat cast. So let's bring that aspect of it in, in there too, because I think... Of course, every group of, of people has had their special challenges throughout this whole thing. And mm -hmm. let's talk about what those challenges have been for the expat or immigrant community. Ooh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so apart from, the, from the, the ones that we all have faced, I would say that the, the top one, if you may, quote unquote, is uh, isolation. We expats deal with uh, loneliness per se. We had an episode about that. <laughs> and that's a challenging per se. But if we are not even able to go outside and communicate with other people, 
that's added to the, the, the loneliness that we struggle, isolation. Second part or second big struggle, the separation of families. People that were on assignment, the spouse or the partner, were in one country and they couldn't come back to the country, the home country or to the middle country, let's say, because they were stuck in, I don't know, what happened with Australia or New Zealand, for example. They were completely locked. All the borders were closed. So sometimes months without seeing each other, although they lived together, you know, that there was a, a luck component as, as well. The other separation is if you're an expat, you have a routine probably that you go and visit your family twice a year or three times a year. And then suddenly you couldn't do that. And that altered the whole routine and the whole uh, energy and mental health that you got from visiting your family or your friends once, two, three times per year. You know, and not only that, but also not knowing when you are going to see them again. And that has also a name, a name that is called Zoom fatigue, because we are used to that. Expats are more armed in that sense, because we, we are used to connect with people back home via Zoom, WhatsApp, whatever, Skype. But now it was all we got because we couldn't visit. So everything we had to do everything through zoom celebrations birthdays uh, bar mitzvahs com uh, first communion etc etc weddings but also sad events like death of someone we loved we have to experience grief through zoom so that was also something that a lot of people dealt with but we expats that was our only way to communicate with the people we loved something else especially for fresh expats, if you may, if you are like, I don't know, new, a new expat, two, three, four months in the new country, you are clueless. Maybe adding to that, that maybe you don't speak the language or you don't know people, you don't, you, you don't have a support network in the country. So being locked, not knowing everyone and not understanding what's going on because you don't understand the communication, the language or the bureaucracy of the country, that was also a subject. And another thing you mentioned language. I um yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean uh, <laughs> the next part that we want to talk about is reentry, right? And mm -hmm. as yeah. expats, we do have experience with integrating ourselves into a new culture and entering a new sphere, you know, a new language, mm -hmm. a new culture, a new setting. Um and now we're facing re-entry in many places where we have mm -hmm. various moments throughout this past year and a half. One very basic thing that I noticed for me, especially over the first lockdown, I wasn't speaking German every day the way that I had been. And when it finally was time to do mm -hmm. so, I mm -hmm. my, my mouth lost the muscles a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pronunciation yes, that know. used to yeah. be fine was, was now really <laughs> hard. And maybe the words were still in there, but they were mm -hmm. dusty for sure. And it mm -hmm. just was such a shock how quickly that went. So, you know, that's one very basic elemental aspect of reentry that's going to be especially hard for people living in countries where they're working in their second or third or what have you language. Absolutely. And and the the language and the, and the, and the routine that they had that sometimes it takes months for for us expats to establish a routine, a healthy routine, a, a motivating routine regarding social connections. And like you said, you mentioned the language, but also uh, 
meeting new people and going to new places and establishing that as a part of the integration and adaptation. That's a part of a process. And if you interrupt interrupt the process, it's like starting from zero again. Start taking back all this uh, effort that I made for one, two, three, four, five, six months and starting from the beginning. That can be a bad thing and it, it sounds bad, but it can also be an opportunity to reevaluate the things that you didn't like to do before and you felt that, that you should do it because whatever. And now that you had time to look back and evaluate them, maybe try new things or stop doing things that you didn't want to do start fresh, start anew. And that's also an opportunity, not only a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, okay, this this reintegration part is, it is really tough. This is why I want to talk about it. But it's also really great. I mean, man, even just living in Germany, which is a country not necessarily the most eager for change, we'll put it mm-hmm. that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the problems that a lot of businesses are having is that their their income is down. But that's mm-hmm. because they don't have websites. In the middle of the pandemic in the year 2020, they're struggling and and scrambling to create a website that even tells people where their business is. So that's just to to highlight, there's a lot of change that has needed to happen, but there's been a bit of a fear of it or a resistance to it. And now it's so clear that it has to happen. And so as we get into this next phase, it is such an opportunity and it's actually, I'm finding it pretty fun to be from a culture that is more open and willing to try out new things. I feel like I can really step up in this moment and be like, hey, mm-hmm. I kind of know how this stuff goes. Let's <laughs> let's give it a whirl. And to not be told no right away, you know, because now it's proven that, okay, maybe we do have to try stuff out. So yeah, I love highlighting that this is an opportunity and expats especially can have a very special role in that. Absolutely. Like, like if you may, educate people around you. Because we, we have those tools already. We have developed those tools. So educate people that are not so used to change or to be flexible or, or to deal with unpredictable things. We know that very, very well. And and, and we can educate locals, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an opportunity. What I, what I want to mention, and that's also important, and that's, I would say, again, in the top three of, my, of the consultations that I have, I'm having right now, a lot of people reaching out uh, because they have symptoms or they are dealing with social anxiety. People that are not, they were like extroverts and they enjoyed being with people and they got energy from people, etc., etc. And they didn't have any problems meeting people or making new friends or whatever. Now they experience the other side and they realized that it is also okay to be alone and they can enjoy part of, of, of their lives also with themselves also leads that they are confronted again with this routine that they were used to have, you know? Like, uh, okay, I I have to meet people, I have to resume my life, and they are not enjoying it that much. Or they don't know how to react to certain uh, social codes or to certain people. So it is a a social anxiety, but not the quote-unquote typical social anxiety, but keep up with the things that they thought they were enjoying, like like I mentioned before, but they were they weren't enjoying them that, that much, and to resume that life 
it's it's getting uncomfortable and they don't know what to do with it. I'm nodding hard along. I actually so so Sarah, <laughs> I, I want to share a little tidbit from from my life so that we can use it as an example. Um I actually recently was in the United States for the first time since 2019 and it was a really wild experience. I, I booked these flights because it was my brother's wedding. He was getting married down in Texas. I booked these flights fully thinking something is going to come up and I'm not going to be mm-hmm. able to go, but there's a good cancellation policy on the flight. So I'm going to do it because I want to feel like I'm tr- like that I could, but I'm not thinking I'm going to actually go. And then a mm-hmm. week and a half before the flight, I was like, oh, I I guess I'm going. Um, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and it was so much to catch up with mentally because um, I mentioned I, that this wedding was in Texas because um, Texas is a state that's very famous for doing what it wants. And it was just kind mm. of over COVID back in like, mm-hmm. I don't know, January or something, dropped all the COVID restrictions. Um, no more mask mandate anything. Certain cities and certain businesses and, and organizations kept the rules that they had, but generally things were much more back to normal there than I've experienced even last summer in Europe. And so to go from full lockdown in Germany to all of a sudden, I mean, I was already in having some form of culture shock on the train to the airport (laughs) and then to (laughs) land. I land and I said I wanted to get um, Mexican food. So my brother took me to this restaurant, which was full capacity, indoor dining. Wow. I I was so in in shock. And then over the week, we we managed to find ways that there were activities um, that made me feel less horrified. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And it was it was hit or miss, you know, you could find okay, I feel kind of comfortable to do some shopping. And then you're shopping in a store and there's a woman shopping without a mask on. And it it really was shocking to be dropped into that world. And Mm -hmm. it it made me think about um, not just the, the social anxiety, that too, that was a huge part of it for me. But also seeing a crowd of people causes me to have a light panic just instinctively mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in so long. So entering mm-hmm. a full restaurant and being greeted and asked if I want to, uh, you know, what table I want to sit at by this like friendly, of course, also very friendly. It's America. I was having culture shock too because it was like, hey, how are you doing? How can I help you today? And I was like, oh God, okay. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, um, you know, to have that without a mask on coming my way, mm-hmm. I was like, Mm-hmm. Oh, dear Lord. So, you know, this sort of medical, I don't know what you call that part, but the, like the, I mean, this is a gen- genuine cause for concern, or it has been, but again, now with vaccinations and numbers are, it's like a mentally adjusting to that maybe, okay, well, some situations really aren't okay, and they're in the panic zone for a reason. Other situations feel not okay, but they they might be, and it's like tricking your brain into being okay with this again when you've spent so long being convinced that this that this is not okay and it's also something that people like uh, not in that extreme way but also people visiting or going back to australia for example or new zealand that uh, covid in a way never happened there so people from europe i have a colleague that uh, she was living in europe and then now she's living in new no in australia and she got like the, the first two three weeks she felt so weird not using a mask. She she felt so weird in a crowd. She felt so weird going to restaurants and living a normal life because she lived a not normal life for 18 months. So having that to adjust, that can also trigger anxiety because it is really shocking to, to compare. You were, like I said before, you were under stress 
even if it doesn't seem like it, it was a constant stress and was a collective stress. And then go back to a quote-unquote normal life with people that they, they seem not to value or not to see the stress that you went through and all the things that you went through. It is also triggering, you know. It's a form of not acknowledging what you went through. Everything, Everyone else went with their lives and that's perfectly fine. I'm not saying it's not. but What about me? I went through constant trauma and and stress over uh, 18 months. So this is this is the conflict in our, in in some people's heads when they are confronted to normal again. And I think with so many places beckoning in again normal adjacent activities, it's just good to mention that yeah, this that that might be coming. And we're all so excited to be able to do these things again and it can feel mm -hmm. really good, but yeah. Also if it doesn't feel really good, that's That's fine too. That's an available option of, of how this can play out. Amen. It is so important to acknowledge whatever you're feeling in the moment is okay. Because pressuring, putting pressure on feeling good or feeling or, 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 or enjoying or, or forgetting what you went through, it is counterproductive. So it is pivotal to acknowledge and to accept that it's okay not to be okay. So another thing I noticed through my, it was a very brief visit to the US, just just a week. Now I've been back for maybe a week or a week and a half. And what I've noticed is not only was this COVID time, time that I wasn't expecting to be away from my, my family and my home country, but I was forced to, I also had that same amount of time uninterrupted in, in my case, in Germany. And I've never experienced that before. So I was in my German life, my German self for a year and a half. And going back to the US now made me realize that that's changed me. I, I think there's something about this uninterrupted time and to go through such a big traumatic world event in a certain place that pulls you in one direction or another as well. So um, it made me think of this, this word that I invented a couple of years ago. <laughs> The word is Kulturve. It's a German word that doesn't Kultur. exist to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I'll, I'll break down the word a little bit. The first part is kultur, culture, and then mm -hmm. the last part is ve. So if you have a headache, it's it's kopfe, headache. If you um, have this longing to be somewhere else, it's fernve, fern meaning far away, or homesickness is heimve, home pain. So to to take that word and put it onto kultur for me, what kulturve means is this feeling. When you're just so in a situation or in a phase in the country that you're living in and you're just kind of tired of it, like you're uh, for me, I'll have days where I really, I don't know, I work with all of my German colleagues and my German customers and then I have to go to an appointment at the Hothaus, which is the, the city hall and deal with German bureaucracy and then I come home and deal with this and that. And, and sometimes it's just too much Germanness. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's again, it's not actually a criticism on any of the people or on any of mm -hmm. the things that happened. It's just, it's so different from my background. And again, in ways that I really like for the most part, but sometimes I'm just really sick of it. <laughs> and I need, I feel like I need a break. And so back, back in the day when pandemic wasn't a thing, I could take a break by going on a short trip or planning a trip home. But over this pandemic time, I had that a lot of times and I couldn't really do anything about it. None of my normal methods were available to me. I bring that up because, you know, I, I pushed through that for so long that I think I just became 
you know, I gave into this German side more and then to go back to the US and and feel what that feels like through that contrast was quite eye-opening. <laughs> and I'm I'm just excited to see as this comes as this happens to all of us. We all have our first visits back home if anyone else ends up feeling this way. <laughs> I can I can say I read I love the concept. Please put it how do you say patented? Yeah, <laughs> like, trade, trademark it. Um, and I can I see it. I haven't had the chance to go back to my country, but I've seen it a lot in my clients. They are dealing with similar situations. So I I I, I will I will quote, quote you. I will credit you. But I, I think I'm going to use it because it's a great word. <laughs> yes, by all means. <laughs> what you are describing is something that we. I think what I mentioned before, we are used to taking breaks from our host country because we have the part of us that is adapting and, and enjoying the expat life, but also there is a part that needs to go back to the roots. Even maybe for one week, maybe one week is more than enough for some people, <laughs> you know? And not having that for so long, it it increased the culture, the 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 pain of the culture of your of your host country. So yeah, definitely something that a lot of expats are experiencing right now. Yeah, with all of the things that we've brought up with reintroduction or reintroduction into society in your host country, and then at some point reuniting with your home country and your friends and family back there. What do we do about it? <laughs> 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 okay, so how, how to deal with this situation? Let's say languishing, let's say COVID fatigue, let's say culture. <laughs> yes, all of it. Solve all the problems, please. <laughs> okay, let's <coughs> listen to me, please. Okay, so the first thing, it's okay not to be okay. Express how you're feeling. Try to find someone to talk freely. I know many of us are going through the same situation and some, some of you don't want to, quote unquote, bother people with your problems or charge, quote unquote, people with your problems, but try to find someone who that we that you can talk about it freely. Even if it's not a person, if it's journaling or, or if it's, I don't know, someone in your community, a priest or a mentor or a psychologist, someone that you can talk about what you're feeling, expressing. Okay? That's one thing. Related to that, Pay attention to toxic positivity. The pressure of feeling good and taking the making the best out of everything, it can be damaging and counterproductive. So yes, positive, but please reasonable. And toxic positivity is not sustainable. Positivity is sustainable when you acknowledge the bad things or your shadows. Another thing, if you, if you want, it is, it is important and it's helpful to help other people. Paying it forward, if you may, or, or acts of kindness, perform acts of kindness. If you can help your community, volunteer work, adopting a pet or, or something like that, something that you feel that you're contributing, that uh, releases hormones that are mood regulators. And our moods right now are all over the place. <laughs> so it's important <laughs> to have something external to regulate our moods that is not medication. Being kind to other people, it's very, very effective on, on, on doing that. Remember that we are all struggling. That is normal to struggle. You are not an exception. As something that I wanted to say before, one of three people in the world are dealing or are going to deal with mental health issues. So this, this pandemic is, 
it has a lot of consequences. So you are not alone on this. Remember that. Last but not least, stay connected with the ones you love and with people that brings you joy and that understands you and you don't have to explain yourself. It can be, it can be people in your host country, but also people in your home country. We talked about Zoom fatigue and I know it's difficult, but still find some time and some space to connect with people that are good for you. People you can be whoever you want and you don't have to be happy. You don't have to be a super role model. Just be who you are. And with those people, reach out for connection. You're going to laugh at me for this right now. You mentioned Zoom fatigue being a problem, but still wanting to stay connected with people. Mm -hmm. We are recording this podcast without video because I think old school phone calls are just the very best thing in the world. And um, we talked about that when we were setting up to record this (laughs) and I bring it into the conversation here just to remind people doing a little plug for telephone calls here. (laughs) You can also, you can Zoom and turn off your your camera. Absolutely. That's actually really helped me when I do want to connect with someone from back home, but I'm like, sorry, I just can't. I can't look at you because you're on a screen and giving your eyeballs and your mind the freedom to be elsewhere, you know, even if you're just pacing your room or if you're able to go on a walk, depending on your, you know, your data plan and and how you're contacting these people. Um, (laughs) um, I don't know. I think sometimes that gets forgotten or it seems impersonal to say, I don't want the computer. I don't want the the video on, but it can solve a lot of problems. I I think. Absolutely. Definitely. (laughs) That's a great tip. And that also you can, you can actually move. You can go go buy groceries while you're speaking to your best friend and ranting about whatever, yeah. you know? So, so, so yeah, it gives you mobility. So that's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm so glad that we took the time to do this because uh, as said, we've, we've all been through so much and mm-hmm. because we're also happy that it seems like we're getting to a better phase of things. It's, it's easy to think that we're going to just feel better now. And that might be the case, but it also might not be. And so I, I hope that some of what we shared and and some of the great tips that you brought, Gabriela, um, are, are going to help listeners as we all collectively navigate through all of mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I hope so. And, and one last message is, I repeat that everyone who is listening to this and feeling lonely or alone, you are not. We understand what you're going through. You don't have to be alone. Reach out. Be Have the certainty that it's going to be fine. At some point, it's not going to last forever. Nothing does. So if you are not feeling lonely or alone, it's not going to last forever. That is important to bear in mind because it makes it more bearable. So with all of these wonderful tips in our mind, we're almost done, but not quite. It is now time for the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Oh just go God. with your gut. I am weirdly okay. very excited to ask you the ones that I came up with today. So are ah! you ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is your favorite thing to put on toast in Spain? <gasps> Avocado. What is your favorite thing to put on toast in Austria? Oh, cheese, gouda cheese. Mm, okay, and maybe you can see this one coming now. What is your favorite thing to put on toast in Chile? Uh, I'll have to repeat myself avocado four times. <laughs> um, and follow up question What do you think I'm about to go eat when we're done with this episode? 
Avocado. Avocado on toast. Yeah. <laughs> I was having a hankering earlier today for toast and I was thinking, oh my gosh, you've lived in so many different places with different cuisines. I wonder what you put on your toast. So I'm so thrilled to know. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> very unoriginal, but avocado is like, I love it above everything. So it's a very unoriginal answer, but it's definitely my best answer. <laughs> If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what we like to say. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, this has been this has been so wonderful. Um, before we wrap up, tell people please where they can find you, how they can reach out. If you are looking for counseling, you can reach me to in in gabriela-encina.com. That's my website, or you can find me also on Instagram. is a little bit long. Gabriela.encina.psychologist. <laughs> Wonderful. We'll link to that in the show notes. I'm so grateful to to know you at least virtually. And thank you so much for coming back on the show a second time to give us all these great tips. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Nicole. And I'm looking forward to meet you in person some someday soon, hopefully. Yes. And there, again, congratulations for this podcast. It's amazing. I'm a very faithful listener. And yeah, keep 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 up the good work. It's a really, really good podcast. Thanks one more time to Gabriella for coming onto the show again and bringing all of your wonderful thoughts and wisdoms. Links to her website and social media are in the show notes. And there you can also find links to my social media. I'm at The Expat Cast on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can visit the website at theexpatcast.com. Reminder that that is where you can leave me your voicemails with the times that German authority figures have made you cry so I can put together a great finale. While you're on the website, you can also leave me a review, leave me some stars, let other people know what you like about the show. That helps me reach new listeners and also gives me really helpful feedback. I want to thank, as always, Amy Lungi Art for the logo and Side Hug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feeds with an episode in which I have a fun, spontaneous, open-ended chat with someone who I found really cool and funny on Instagram. Find out who it is next week. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bis dann. Tschüss. Thank you.